And we are back. The thing you didn't want to hear again. We're here, baby. We're here. Get used to it. Usually you say we're here where something else get used to it, but I'm not going to say that. Um, big shout out to my cousin Jonah for coming on last week. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, uh, I think everyone who listened probably didn't enjoy it that much, but you know what? I had fun and that's what matters. And to everyone asking to come on, you're not allowed. Sorry. You're not allowed. You just don't have what it takes. You're not built like me or you're not built like Jonah, frankly. Maybe you can try and prove it to me somehow. Maybe you can try and make me a nice French onion soup. See how that comes out. Then maybe I'll, I'll give you a shot. Or maybe another dish. Or maybe, I don't know, if you can just prove it to me in any way at all, make it coronavirus vaccine. It doesn't have to work, but if you put in the effort, I'll inject it. Um, nothing brings me joy in life anymore except the New York Times crossword puzzle. I wish I could just do the crossword puzzle all day. But the one thing I will say is there's this one editor and guy who makes the crossword puzzles named Will Shorts. And this is my enemy in life. It's Will Shorts with the Shorts has a Z at the end. I think he thinks he's come some kind of edgy guy because he works with crosswords. But essentially, so how the crosswords are supposed to work is from Monday through Saturday, they, they get more increasingly difficult. And then on Sunday, you have the big crossword, which is about as difficult as the Wednesday crossword, maybe the Thursday crossword. However, when you're doing one of Will Shorts' crosswords, the Monday crossword will be like harder than the Thursday crossword because he thinks he's the hot shot who runs the show. He's always editing all the other crosswords. So that's why we're starting a hate mail campaign for the New York Times crossword editor, Will Shorts, right here. The first one of its kind on this very show. Um, everyone, I want you to write letters to him and let him know how you feel about this and how he needs to get with the times and make more relevant crosswords. Additionally, if anyone wants to send him arsenic, anthrax, ricin, any of those things that you can lace with and send in an envelope, send it to him. Actually, don't do that. Um, I don't condone sending um, either toxic fungi or poisons of any sort in the mail. Please don't do that, and I don't condone that. But we should write him strongly worded letters. And I think uh, hand-delivered mail is the best way to go about doing this because I'm sure that he gets plenty of emails, and he's not going to go through them. But if we start a in-person letter-writing campaign, it's too easy. It's too easy. I think we can get to throw him. I could have his job. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. Nothing brings me life, or brings me joy in life more than those crossword puzzles, and he tries to tries to ruin them. Um, actually, you know what else brings me joy in life? That uh, scene from Remember the Titans when they sing Ain't No Mountain High Enough, and then Sunshine kisses Gary Bertier, and he gets really mad about it, but then everyone else laughs it off and makes fun of him. And Sunshine knows Tai Chi, so he, uh, he like, redirects his attack. Which, I think the interesting thing about that movie is that someone knows Tai Chi in, like, the 60s. I mean, like, I don't have any trouble believing that, like, the, the race, they were able to overcome the racial differences, but... When it comes to the Tai Chi, I, I struggle a little bit. I think we should write to Will Shorts about that as well. 
Maybe he'll have an answer since he seems to know everything. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit. We've definitely talked about this like on the past three episodes. The Harris still died, and I'm at a weird impasse because the hair has died, but I also need a haircut, and I think if I get the haircut, the dye job is just going to look really shitty, and then to make it look better, I'd have to dye it again, but then I'm committing to re-dyeing my hair, and I'm kind of in a vicious cycle. Um, and if I keep dyeing my hair, I think I just have to keep upping the ante, and like doing weird stuff to make my parents concerned. Like I think if if we're gonna do dye the hair, then after shortly after that we're gonna move to tattoo, and um, and after tattoo we're gonna move to face tattoo. Then oh I think in between tattoo and face tattoo I should get ear gauges, um, and then after face tattoo I think the last logical stop is nipple piercings. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so pale and my nipples are so weird that I might as well just pierce them at this point. It doesn't get any weirder than it already is. I mean, people, people look at me and they, they just want to, they want to vomit, uh, when I don't have my shirt off because my nipples are just so alarming. Um, they're like little, it's like if you left the salami on a windowsill for about three months and it got sun bleached and um and that's that's what my nipples kind of look like not like a salami stick like the little slices um yeah i'm sure that's what you wanted to hear about um everyone some someone online did a, a story on Mackenzie bezos and they call her Mackenzie scott and I don't want to sound like anti-feminist or anything. And her name is Mackenzie, Mackenzie Scott. So we should probably address her as that. But I think if we're going to talk about how rich she is, we should probably address the fact that all her wealth came from Jeff Bezos. Like, for instance, like on the other side of the spectrum, like Adele got in a divorce and the man took like $200 million from her. I'm not going to call that guy by his name. He's Adele's ex-husband. And that's just, I mean, you get $200 million in life. Sorry, you got to go by that. So yeah, it is Mackenzie Scott. But at the same time, can we can we at least acknowledge that uh, it's Jeff Bezos' ex-wife trying to like let everyone know, you know, there's a reason she's astronomically wealthy. And it's some story about what she's doing with her money, which who really cares? She's probably, I don't know, buying children to um, harvest their toenails for to make some designer drug that none of us know about. Um, yeah, that went down a dark path. Down a dark path real quick. When I get older, um, after I amass my fortune, um, and I've decided the way I'm going to amass my fortune is I'm going to start a, a fantasy football league. And what I mean by fantasy football is everyone dresses up in their kink slash role play of choice, and then you play full contact football. And what I've really struggled with is what if someone says their fantasy is that they want to like be a football player. Because then they have the unfair advantage of pads. 
And, I mean, obviously the league is going to have a strict no-kink-shaming policy. But how do we determine, you know, if that's that person's real kink? Like, I mean, we they have drug testing in the NFL. Should we have kink testing? Make sure they're not lying. Make sure they're committed to it. Um, because if they actually have pads, that's a completely unfair performance advantage. Um, but... So after I amassed my fortune doing that, um, because I mean, I think they're what we've seen from the OnlyFans community that the, there's definitely money to be made on exploiting things like that. Um, so after I've amassed my fortune, I just want to live in a Willy Wonka style compound with a bunch of, uh, little people and, um, and we can all sing songs, we can run around, we can do silly things, we can have rivers, we can have different rooms, and I'm not going to come out for years. And then one day I'm going to have like a golden ticket contest, but it's not going to be tickets. Um, instead, it's just going to be you, um, you buy cantaloupes, and then you have to make a trebuchet. And whoever's trebuchet can launch the cantaloupe the farthest will get to come into my compound. And then they'll figure out that uh, I've just been watching TV and singing my songs in there for the past 20 years. So they'll be like, wow, uh, there's no lesson to be learned like there was in Roald Dahl's novel. I'll be like, no, I've just been yelling at, uh, at my TV about the Buffalo Bills and Simpsons animation for the past 30 years. And then they'll be like, all right, deuces. And then me and my... my band of merry men can go back to singing our songs um but i think the compound is important i think the compound is very important and i'm not talking like a branch davidians compound oh here's an idea we we get everyone who is thinks covid is a hoax we lock them all up in one compound and we call them the branch covidians and they all give covid to each other and uh, whoever whoever survives, they get uh, to also come to my compound and watch me yell at the television. Surprise. That's your prize as well. Um, Trump has COVID. I, I try and delete Twitter because I use it a lot. And it takes up a lot of time. But the second I heard the news that Trump got it. I immediately went and re-downloaded Twitter. The internet pretty much broke. And here's what I'm going to say. I don't... I, I would never wish, like, anyone to die from COVID. Or anyone to die in general, really. Except for... You'd have to be, like, an extremely horrible person for me to wish that. But there is so much so much beauty and poetry in the fact that Donald Trump got COVID. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing because the, and I hope he's makes a full recovery. I hope he's totally fine. I, like I said, I would never wish for anyone to die, but for him the whole time to be like, look, it's gonna, it's gonna be gone. He literally said he was being on the, at the debate that he was being ironic when he said you should inject it. I mean, he said it was going to be a miracle and it was going to be gone in a week and now he got it. And like, 
The same thing could be if there was like a mosquito problem in the U.S. and he got bit by a mosquito. I'm like it doesn't. I'm not saying I wish anything bad upon him, but there's a lot of irony in this, and I just I find it especially like the brains just melt on Twitter. Everyone is just beside themselves. Some people are like celebrating. Some people think it's the end of days. Some people think it's a hoax. Um, and I think the funniest thing is there's this one guy who always tweets back at Donald Trump. I think his name is Eugene Gu, MD. He's, he's an Asian doctor who is very liberal. And like, if you look at any one of Trump's tweets, he's one of the, the first, uh, the first people you see. And he tweeted something out that was nice, and it's like, politically, we are enemies, but, like, as a person, I hope you make a full recovery, which is nice. And I think that's the rhetoric you should encourage. But for him, just some guy on Twitter with a million followers to be like, I know you and I don't get along, and, like, expect Trump... I think the specific way he worded it, he was, like, addressing Trump, he was like, you know you and I are enemies, and like, you know you and I don't get along, and it's like, dude, he doesn't even think of it. It's like that Mad Men meme in the elevator, when he's like, I feel bad for you, and he's like, I don't think about you at all. Um, that's just what came to mind. Um, but yeah, hope he makes a recovery. This is just like, we, 2020's wild. Um, Let's see. I bought a cast iron skillet. I think I already ruined it. Apparently, there's a lot that goes into taking care of it. And apparently, if you try and Google anything about it on Twitter, holy shit, are these people fired up about cast iron? I I don't think I've ever seen anyone this fired up about cooking materials in general. So, I think like... um, something that's really funny about when you google recipes online is like the first thing like for instance like you're trying to make creme brulee and it's like starting with uh napoleon's uh captivity at the isle of elba uh like his his last meal was creme brulee and then they proceed to just go on about creme brulee for probably like 1200 words and i want to start writing those and just like stringing in like like putting in like manifestos about how like AI is going to be the fall of man. Cause no one ever reads, reads that like you could literally put in the most heinous things in there and no one would, re- no one would read them. So it's one thing to have those for a recipe, but people literally do this with cast irons. And I see now because I mean, I obviously screwed it up really quickly, but, um, you like, it's just go outside. You know what? Do drugs. I advise you to take up just drug use. Not anything illegal. Probably let's just take up caffeine. Just drink six cups of coffee a day because clearly there's nothing better you can do with your time. There's nothing better. I mean, you 1200 words on a P on a hunk of metal. Um, I went to New York City this weekend. The belly of the beast. I'm kind of wary to say that because I think a lot of people uh, don't or are not crazy about that. But um, 
in general, New York City's COVID numbers are actually not half bad, and people were pretty good about it. But um, I had one of the best dinners um, that I've ever had, not in terms of the actual quality of the food, but in terms of the fact that just the most heinous things happened during this dinner. So first off, uh, it's outside, like, on the street because of COVID dining restrictions. So there's a cast of characters we need to introduce. There's um, a lady playing music, um, playing at the, like, there's a Mediterranean restaurant next door, and she's playing, like, Mediterranean stuff. So, she, out, right outside, there is a homeless man who is just breaking it the hell down for the entirety of our two-hour dinner. He did not stop dancing. He had a cigarette the whole time. And at one point, he sauntered over across the street, saw NYPD, acted cool for about five seconds, then started dancing in the middle of the street and came back across, eventually to return to his post. I think of him like Jon Snow, and, and that's just the post he assumes, and that's his role within New York City. So this character is just in the background the entire time. The next thing that happens is some girl just gets rocked by a biker in the bike lane when she's not paying attention. This guy is flying. I think he had an electric bike, and he just absolutely leveled her. Third character is Drunk Old Man in a Suit. So Drunk Old Man in a Suit is just uh, clearly struggling on the on the sidewalk to stand up like he's gone um and essentially like me and my friends are just kind of watching like oh this is fun and we see him kind of like stumbling over and it looks like he's going towards a table no he's not like he's not going towards a table to talk to people he's going towards a table because he he had about the slowest fall i've ever seen it was like 20 steps of him trying to stay up and then just proceeding to crash into a table in the neighboring restaurant and cause a big scene and honestly that that meal was worth so much more than i paid for it um so um new york city was a good time you know what i uh I think I should do instead of just in my compound, I think I should have a worm farm. I figured out that worm farms were a thing. Don't ask how, but uh, I think I kind of, I'll, I'll be in my compound just farming my worms and everyone will be like, what's old man Shanowski up to nowadays? And they'll come in and they'll be like, oh, you're not yelling at the TV, that's good. And I'll be like, no, I have a worm farm where you just kind of dig around the mud. And, and collect worms because I am truly a, a worm. I'm a creature of the earth who grovels in filth. Um, so yeah, this this podcast was totally off the rails, um, like one thousand percent. But hope you enjoyed it. Um, like, subscribe. Um, essentially, I don't know, just uh, uh, leave a review, share it. No one shared it yet, and for good reason, because you want to keep your job. And I don't blame you at all. Um, so, yeah, um, keep keep doing that. Give me, give me feedback, shoot me a text. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye.